Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And today, we'll be talking about dungeons and developers. Yeah, and we got a special guest with us today, too. We have Sophie Kreutz. Hey, Sophie, how's it going? Hey, doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah. Glad to have you. Sophie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, I think in the context of talking about D&D, you know, I've played a lot of RPGs and I'm also a developer and I find that there is a relationship between those two things. And that's that's part of what I wanted to chat about with y'all today. Yeah, you know, D&D, it's so big right now. It is so big. It's incredible. <laughs> it is it's enormous. It's <laughs> It's like a, a Tarrasque. It is a, a huge monstrosity. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely like ogre size or larger, I would say. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of amazing. And like there's an intersectionality of like D&D and like social justice, which could be a whole nother Ooh, podcast. There definitely is. But there is definitely a very long thread of D&D and developers like and role-playing games and developers why do you think that is what's up with that oh gosh i mean i think there's a lot of potential reasons in my mind i'm curious to hear your perspective as well but for one thing like it's it's got a lot of rules and regulations right like there's a ton of world building in D, which is so intriguing and it gives <laughs> you know the developer type something to really like latch onto and explore yeah. i love rules I love errors, too. Like, I love when the rules are broken and someone yells at me. It's great. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, and then that's the other thing, right? It's like there is some flexibility with the rules in D&D. Sometimes it's like, no, I absolutely can't break this rule, right? Like, these are my stats. I have rolled a die and I have added my modifier and it is less than the number that I need in order to, like, hit this monster or whatever it is. And right. like, that's a pretty hard and fast rule. The but numbers. Then, yeah, the numbers. You kind of can't argue with the numbers, although I've seen some parties and situations where <laughs> those conversations occur. It sounds like you know what I'm talking about, Dave. <laughs> yeah, you know, math. <laughs> <laughs> I might be the resident person who has never played D&D before. I think I play other role-playing games predominantly through console and computer games. So when you, when you roll the dice, how many faces are in the die? Depends. Sometimes 20, 20, sometimes 10, sometimes... Oh, it depends. Look at these beautiful dice. They're all great. Oh, wow. How many? So that was like 20. So like if you roll a high number... gorgeous. Look at that. On the... the... (laughs) (laughs) I'm nerding out about these dice. I'm sorry. Mike, go ahead. (laughs) If you roll a high number, that's like a critical hit or like a critical chance to do the thing that you It can be. Okay. For instance, like on a D20, which is a D-sided die yeah. if you rolled a two you rolled it and it was a 20 that would be a critical hit if you rolled it and it was a one that would be a critical failure oh critical failure wow yeah okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like i went to go attack <laughs> yeah. the monster and the critical failure would be i cut my foot off there you go well yes and- it could be <laughs> and that's that's up to the players and the dm to decide what that is right so it's like if you have a critical failure what does it mean do you fall on your face do you try and throw your axe at the baddie and instead it like circles back around like a, what are those things called that come back to you? Boomerang. Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, people are constantly rolling a one in my software engineering and I'm just constantly 
critical fail. Oh, yeah, writing this test. Whoops, I dropped production database. That's just kind of what happened. <laughs> oops, oops. Well, there's a critical failure. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, like that aspect of like determining the outcome together as a group. I think that's another mm. thing that kind of, to me, in my experience as a developer, really appeals to me in both like D&D and in software development because like we determine what the product is together as a team like we work together and figure it out through like some level of improvisation and like systems and rules that we apply yeah you determine also you know how are we going to solve this problem you talk about the problem you talk about potential solutions to the problem and thus you you move the needle forward right on completing the product or whatever it is and in the game you you move the story forward ideally yeah so how do you create a character in D&D? Well, you make you make a lot of choices. <laughs> you make a lot of choices and you roll some dice. But like you get to there's different classes, right? Like I yes. know that what is it? I've seen Paladin, the word Paladin being used. I think Dave referred to me as the BX Paladin of the podcast earlier the in life. Paladin. Yeah, Bronx <laughs> Paladin. And I thought, I was like, well, I guess I probably could cast spells with a big sword. Who knows? Yeah, a high charisma, just using <laughs> using your uh, convictions to get through. <laughs> exactly. I thought that would be more of a bard, that I probably, but I can't sing for beans, but I probably would do that. Oh, okay, bard. But then, I can but see that. I, <laughs> How do you determine your characters, what your character is going to be in D&D? It's like, I, there's there's rules for that too, right? There's a couple of things. It's sort of like, if you have an idea in your mind ahead of time, at least this is part of how I think about it, you know, how what kind of character do I want to play? Do I want to be engaged in combat all the time? Or do I want to be using spells, which I, I personally find a little bit more interesting because you can get creative with the application of the spells. And there are so many spells, too. Like, there's a ton of this lore. There's a, a ton of stuff that's, like, just canon that you can use and explore. So you could use that, too. And then you can think about backstory as well if you want to get real fancy, right? Yeah. What's my backstory? What's my motivation? But, like, just to focus on, like, class and skills for a second, like, I feel like that's, like, a, a great... Like, you were talking about, like, all these different paths that you can kind of invest your time in or, like, that you can try out and I, I feel like that's always developers like journey with like career development too like there oh, yeah. there's that really great tech tree that you showed me <laughs> mike where yeah, it's actually we named the episode after if you go to dungeonsanddevelopers.com you'll see that there is a talent tree it looks very similar to what i would be familiar with in wow and you start at the top right where I mean, the top has like HTML, right? Like that is probably the introduction to like a front end talent tree. But then you could go off the side and be like, no, I want to be a server DBA or I want to be proficient in user discovery. And then it goes down these different talent trees. So I think you create your own story and choosing the talent tree that prefers to you. I imagine very similarly to the kind of character you want to play in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I like that. It's it's like, what's my motivation and how do I get there and what skills do I need? Yeah, I, I love the concept of like the alignment charts too. like the idea of like good versus evil, lawful versus chaotic, where like there's some, I think as a consultant, like there's always like some kind of a quadrant chart 
you know, in your back pocket where you're like trying to categorize things here or there. So <laughs> like, although like these like kind of alignments have their own like kind of problematic nature to them, it's just like fun to like categorize things. And there, there's a lot of funny memes around that too. There's some great ones. Yeah, I think it's intriguing when people... See, when you think about how do I place a character that I may know into one of these categories, and of, of course, that's kind of the point, right? Like, they're supposed to be inspirations for characters. So, for instance, Chaotic Good, like the classic example that I hear there a lot of the time is like, think about Robin Hood, right? Because Robin Hood like steals from the rich and gives to the poor. So it's chaotic because it's like not existing within society's rules and expectations, like the rule of law that exists like in that context, right. Sherwood Forest and all that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, like helping people who are right. in need. So Or like the tech equivalent of that being Linus Tyroldus, where you're just creating an open sourced operating system and like being chaotic in that sense. You're like introducing some craziness into the system and maybe like being a jerk sometimes on forums, but like <laughs> for the net betterment of humanity. So like for the large good, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had first seen the chart very, very like recently. And I didn't know that it was pertaining to characters. I thought it was behaviors. So my chaotic evil behavior that I had in that particular quadrant are individuals who have a shorter alias for git push dash f. And I thought that that was the craziest thing that anyone could do. That is absolutely <laughs> yeah. chaotic evil. And I remember being their, their filling alias out. for git push dash f is just git push. No, not even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like yeah. G G F. Imagine like yeah. you just have G F and that boom, it just does that for you. <laughs> and I remember filling out this chart and Dave is like, What are you doing? This has this makes no sense. And I'm like, no, no this is no, chaotic evil to sense. me. That is chaotic evil, yeah. That is chaotic evil. Individuals Or, or you, maybe like they go onto your computer and they set up that alias for you. <laughs> oh like, wow. <laughs> they, they they set up git push to be git push dash f on your machine. That's oh my crazy. Oh, yeah. no. Without, lock you know, your I... machines. Yeah, lock <laughs> your machines. People don't trust that person. That person is evil you know, in the I, worst way. I joke, but like I have seen this happen to people where like I think it was like someone changed CD. CD to be something else, like an alias. And that was wow. uh I think that was on the evil side of things. <laughs> don't be chaotic evil, people. That's not that's not fun. Yeah. We'll see. Now I'm trying to think about how would you accomplish that as a character, right? Like, would you use Mage Hand? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely stealth and sleight of hand no, to some it. degree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Stealth roll. Yeah, stealth roll. Gotta, yes. yeah. Pass without trace, baby. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love this IT alignment chart too. Like, <laughs> there's this one here <laughs> for neutral evil where like. They may or may not fix your issues since obviously the real problem is here. The <laughs> problem here is you and not your computer. There you go. <laughs> I've, I feel like I've been there and maybe I'm and all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> we are all all of those things. At, at, at one point. point or another, I'm sure. Yeah, we've, we've passed through all of these alignments. Yeah. It's like not, not fixed, but, you know, over, yeah. over time. 
Well, actually, that might be why some DMs refuse to use alignments, because they don't like the idea that a character's personality and behavior will be quite so fixed to one category. Yeah, that's true. Like, even, like, when I was trying to, like, think about, like, what, you know, how you might cast this into, like, a day-to-day, like, team of developers, like, how would you align them, good or evil, lawful, or chaotic where it's like maybe good is like more team focused versus individual focused but or process versus like just cowboying but yeah you're not gonna do that all the time well we could we could talk about this forever but it's kind of like the chaotic versus lawful dichotomy here i might think of that as if you're lawful you are following the scrum process. You are doing all of the agile <laughs> ceremonies. You're on time for stand-up. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> You're on time for stand-up. You, you know, you give your update, all of that good stuff. And then the chaotic is more like, I don't know, waterfall. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or, I mean, like I think chaotic is like just logging into the production server and changing the code <laughs> on the box. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, uh, you know. Update attributes right on prod. Pushing DB, to bro. master, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. So what, as a developer, what attributes do you think are most important? Is it intelligence? Is it dexterity? Do you need strength? What, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> like actual physical strength? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah. you need constitution. You got to be able to, like have some fortitude to get by. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> to wake about, up at seven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, a agreed. dexterity? You need to be fast, <laughs> I guess, on the fingers. Well, you don't typing, have to type. You got to type fast. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, but nah, it's good you, if you I did. You have to. <laughs> I mean, dexterity, like being like accuracy on the keys. Like, I feel like that's something that. I, yeah. I try to practice that. Although it's it's interesting also because like this is, you know, it's kind of assigned as something that's like innate to you, which is like an interesting and controversial thing about this this game as well. That like your dexterity is fixed, but like I know that if I go and play uh, a type racer for like two hours, then uh, I'm gonna be like really solid on my my typing, and yeah, I could probably do a push up or a plank. And increase my strength. You know, I haven't tested this theory yet, but. (laughs) (laughs) I guess to play devil's advocate, I would say that actually your dexterity is not entirely fixed. Like it's fixed for a certain period of time. But when you level up, it like it will change. It will get higher. And then there's other things that might affect your dexterity, too. Like maybe you have a spell that gives you an increased bonus to your dexterity or maybe you actually have some kind of luck that increases the mod to your dexterity. Like, there's things that can happen, you know? That's where the creativity piece comes in on the part of the DM and the players to think about, like, what is a real-world scenario and, like, how can I translate that into game mechanics? Mm -hmm. But increasing dexterity by a spell... As a developer, is that like coffee at that point? Mm, like, coffee. That, is, when you drink coffee, you get plus five decks. You quaff that, you quaff that potion. <laughs> so you get, yeah, then intelligence, I imagine it's like, well, wisdom is like the knowledge of, I guess, software uh, engineering might practice. Might to experience. Or... Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then exactly. intelligence is like being able to apply the 
you know, the thing that you do know, the wisdom to the piece of software that you're building. Right. I feel like I definitely feel some wisdom when I'm working on like a code base that I, I know and I have like an intuition where it's like, I think if I were this file, I would be in this folder. Mm. And then you just open that folder and it's like, oh, there it there is. It there is. it is. There Good it is. <laughs> and then Magic. charisma, I guess you need you might need it, you know, to be able to talk through the story to your project manager. Talk to stakeholders. Yeah, talk you to need stakeholders. <laughs> you gotta woo them over, <laughs> right? Make sure right. that they love yeah. the feature. Persuasion. There is a persuasion stat, exactly. (laughs) Maybe deception if you're like, oh, yeah, this is going fine. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not, that's not an agile thing. Like, you should always be raising blockers and, you know, shining a light on things that are going wrong. It's like people, people, people. It's a feature, <laughs> not a bug, okay? Let's right, just leave right. it as well, that's, right. that's when you pull out the prestidigitation, prestidigitation <laughs> skill. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, like, uh, you know, it's supposed to be sleight of hand and that kind of thing. So if you just do the demo in a certain way using your sleight of hand, then you can highlight the strengths <laughs> of... <laughs> right. Or it's like, what is that guy's name? Like, Rick Angel? <laughs> He's doing the the demo. Or Chris Angel? Is it Chris Angel? Yeah. The, the magician? Uh, the magician, yeah. Oh, oh man. That guy. Okay. Yeah. Slide of, just slide of, <laughs> the sleight of hand. Good old sleight of hand. <laughs> I have not seen Chris Angel, but I know prestidigitation is more like, can you make a rabbit appear out of a hat? Or can you change colors? <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing Chris Angel a lot. I don't know, probably in the early 2000s where he would like walk on a pool like and he was like a vegas <laughs> magician Ooh, it's like right. david blaine's like rival i guess yeah, it was like he would like, do all sorts of, like, of stuff like, like that yeah he just looks kind of like vaguely like a vampire yeah wow. and he like he, he pulls <laughs> he pulls rabbits out of a hat and walks on water but it's like a pool and what else did he do he did stuff like that which is pretty mystical i guess if that's the word magical Ooh, magical be. what a, what a profession we talked about stats and alignment charts i think we got our characters set our developers ready (laughs) we now have a party right which is usually like your dev team character sheet yeah you got your character sheet ready to go you got your party let's talk about quests and motivation (laughs) you know in software development and in DD. yeah so now we're gonna go on a quest Right. You got a, you have a motley crew, like all these people <laughs> with different backgrounds and flaws and ideals. They're coming together and they have to accomplish something. They have to accomplish something and they don't even necessarily know what it is. They have to discover what it is, at least in the context of D&D. Right. They just start in a tavern. and Always you know, a tavern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if things don't end well, they may just stay in the tavern forever. They might, they might be in that tavern for a while if they if they can't get it off the ground. Yeah. Right. Which is too real. But like our characters like have... Ideally, if you're making a, a character in this fantasy adventure world, your character has a desire for adventure and like going out in the world. <laughs> yes, and to move the story forward, which is kind of the key. And, the, and that's the DM's goal as well, is to move the story forward, get the players to go through the adventure. I feel like my product manager might be my DM. <laughs> <It> might, <laughs> he, he or she might be, right? Because they're the ones 
giving you the the quest that you need to partake in. Right. They're like kind of foreshadowing the vision, the product vision. They're like, oh, this is the promised land. We need to get here. (laughs) There's actually this great retro format that I've I've seen that I've never done. I I feel like I need the right group of like nerdy (laughs) developers to do this with. But there's like a variant of the sailboat retro format, which we've talked about, I think, previously on the podcast, where it's like a future perspective where you're looking forward towards like your team's goals and your mission and whatnot but it's like framed as like the hero's journey instead so instead of you know instead of the things in the sailboat where it's like wind at your back you instead have like a mentor or like uh someone assisting you as like compared to like the hero's journey in like the famous you know book by Campbell you have your guide and instead of having your like island that you're trying to get to you have your like treasure which is buried in like a cavern filled with like perils and so like all those things are like different areas that you can like kind of imagine like okay like these are the things that are our guides along the way these are the treasures the vision that we're trying to get to and these are the perils that we're like trying to get around there's a, a ceremony, I don't know if it's called the future perspective, right? But it's like the, you know, the objective, the risk, the reward. And this looks very similar to that that I've seen. I don't remember the name of it exactly, but I do like the idea that oh, changing right. it to the it's hero. Like SWAT yeah. or something? Yeah, it's like strength. the SWAT, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, strength, weakness, I forget the other two opportunities and threats there you go <laughs> this guy this guy swats <laughs> swats this guy swats <laughs> but i like the hero journey yeah it's pretty cool i mean i like the description of it as well the idea that you know you can switch it up and make it a little bit more fun and fantasy related for some treasure and having it separated from here makes the thing that you're working on like like a game but then we're applying it to real world examples like you know whether we're building out this brand new feature or you know introducing a third-party library to make sure that we get you know the treasure at the end and the success that we get from it yeah i I need to run a future perspective like this in the future hopefully this is pretty yeah. fun when i think there's a couple of parallels here too to the world of D where you have there's the adventure itself, which someone has to write, and then there's the DM who has to deliver the adventure. So there's all these sort of minds that have to come into the equation. And if the DM is doing a good job of delivering the story and leading the players through, what's going to happen is you're going to have sort of like hints that are dropped, right? In terms of where do I go next? Who do I ask a question to next? How do I advance this story? And if you don't get hints that the party can latch onto. It's almost like, you know, you haven't refined your AC or something like that. We don't know where to go here. We don't know who to ask. We don't actually know what we're doing. But then the DM will be like, and so you see in the corner of the tavern, a dark stranger <laughs> with a hood and a pipe, and they seem to be looking at you. And then, right. Is that and then a that's... user? Do they, have, <laughs> do they have a story for me? <laughs> Some acceptance criteria? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they just offer you, they offer your story. Like, hey, there's a bug that I've seen. <laughs> I hear oh, if you, it's, the it's the most heinous bug. 
<laughs> a time bug. <laughs> I have enough from these lands. Oh no! I've heard you are have been taught by the Time Lord himself. Oh my goodness! Now you're you're mixing fandoms here, and and I I admit that I have in fact Googled how do you time travel in D and D, and I think the first result that I got was you don't. Uh, Oh no no no! You can do it. Anything's possible in your brain. It's all in our brain. I think it's all. Well, it's up to the dungeon master. Or the pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> between the dm or the project manager they're the ones who are in the well, realm that's of the thing yeah they, they get the, the right to veto yeah you know i've, I've had dms <laughs> and project managers who have said oh that's not gonna fly <laughs> <laughs> wait blink tags the users don't want blink tags anymore <laughs> dang oh man i mean there are some similarities i mean i might have to get myself into one of what do they call the campaign, right? That's like when you are in a journey. I mean, like actual d and I'm in my own campaign right now on my software team. What I mean in terms of D&D, a campaign is the group of people in which you go. It's the group of people and the adventure that you're on as well. Ah, okay. Right. And that campaign can be weeks, months, years, if I recall correctly. It could be, or it could be a one shot, which is like, we're going to do this all in one sitting and we're going to play a D and D for seven hours straight. And we're going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) We, we are locking the door until we get through it. I feel like this, this outline has been a campaign. We lock the doors and we, (laughs) we stretch the metaphor until it reached its full potential. (laughs) Until it snaps, yeah. We're going to get some, <laughs> classically, we're going to get some Mountain Dew and Cheetos in here. Oh, but, man. It's yeah. breakfast time, though. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee and Cheetos, baby. That's how, that's what you got to do. That's how you know I mean, we're playing. We're cooking Yeah, I guess fire. a one-day campaign is similar to that of, like, a hackathon, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, you and your group yeah. of people <laughs> yeah, trying the, to... Well, a hackathon's like a one-shot, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like a one-shot, yeah, and then one you're... Shot. you're your lengthy campaign is that application you've been supporting for months or even years now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, so what are our final deep thoughts about this metaphor? The dungeons and the developers, really. My project manager is my DM. He, control, <laughs> he controls everything that I'm cap- able to do and will put a stop to anything to my that I'm trying to do some chaotic good in the no, mix but of like things. Uh, it should be a qua- it should be a conversation you know sometimes yeah, you gotta get some yeah. cha- chaotic good in there and that's like uh some spice <laughs> in the team <laughs> yeah, i gotta yeah i gotta persuade him gotta use my charisma for that for sure. <laughs> well exactly. i guess you know out of more serious like kind of approach to this right like you when you're building a party in D, you have to think about what are my skills as a character how did i build this character that i can contribute to the party and and how did everyone else as well like these skills will complement each other and how do we use that to move the story forward and i think obviously that does apply to being on a dev team as well right like right. how do our skills complement each other how can we accomplish our goals with yeah. this regard how do we discover what these goals are Etc. And like, how do our backgrounds and flaws and ideals like kind of mesh? Yeah. And like, like knowing knowing that everyone kind of is very different is kind of empowering. And like, yeah. I feel like D and D is like a good way to exercise that like empathy and like like that that teamwork kind of skill. Like in the ideal sense of your games being run in a collaborative way, 
could be a good team building thing. Maybe you can uh, get together, oh, uh, roll I some d20s. I absolutely agree. I think every team should play D&D together. I, <laughs> I, I stand behind this 100%. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Everyone has their homework. Go go roll a d20. There you go. <laughs> See what get happens. Your, get yourself a, a d20 die and start rolling. <laughs> Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole.